Welcome to the Market Nos Show, Episode 6. I am your host and guide, Maurice Randall, on the journey of rediscovering the marketplace, visiting, experiencing, and learning from traders, visitors, and more. In this episode, I visit a permaculture enthusiast, Ash, and talk to him about how he's changed his garden and his thinking to a permaculture lifestyle. Today is about being in a food forest with Ash, and how taking care of the land will result in the land taking care of you. To get you up to speed in case you are unaware, the permaculture lifestyle is based on the philosophy of working with nature to create sustainable ways for living. Really, it's a considerate approach to the world in which we live. As I walk through the garden with Ash, you'll be able to hear his enthusiasm for what he has achieved and how this is impacting his day-to-day work as a landscape gardener too. Enjoy the show! That's Ash's mom in the background, Adi. She's busy explaining to me how they changed the family pool into a natural environment for plant life and for the local uh, insects and even for fish. They stopped using all the chemicals in the pool, they allowed it to be aerated, and they take a small pump and pump the water out of the pool through a series of bars which have plants which extract all uh, the uh, waste products from the fish and from any dirt which is uh, sitting in the pool and it is pumped back into the pool on the other side. The water is as clean and as fresh as you'll get from any spring because nature is clearing it. But not only that, the filtration method allows for plants to grow in the waste products that are left behind. So actually it benefits everything. She was also explaining how she managed to benefit from this healing process, having been through quite a few medical issues herself, and is really recovering in a miraculous manner. Not only is this garden benefiting uh, both Ash and Adi with an abundance of food, but it's also benefiting them in a mental capacity too. They're feeling more relaxed about the garden. It's a natural space to be in. Even the people that turned up while I was there kept saying how relaxed they felt in the garden, how wonderful the space was. Here is Ash. Recording. Uh, I'm, I'm with Ash and we've been starting to walk through his amazing permaculture garden. I've got to put the photos up on Instagram for you to see. Um, but this is Ash. So hi, Ash. Hi, how's it going? I'm Ash. Um, Welcome to my food forest. Uh, this this is beautiful. I mean, we were just saying before I switch this on that I have to record this now. We're going to record just now um, after the uh, uh, the walk around the garden. But the garden is well, the food forest is fantastic, Ash. So, do you want to just tell everyone what are we looking at and and how did this all kind of start? So, okay, well, basically, um, I've lived here in Chartwell for about ten years. Um, always had a passion for plants and the garden and that kind of thing. Um, and got into permaculture and when I went on this course and I started to learn about observing my surroundings and looking what resources were available, I noticed that we had a huge problem in Chartwell with our roads washing away. So every time it rained, we don't have drains or gutters, so every time it rained the roads became the the drains. So all the water was running into the roads and washing the tar away 
And where I live is, a, is literally on a T-junction of a hill. Right. And so we've got a, this force of water coming from one direction, pushing all the water towards my property. <laughs> so I broke the pavement open, dug a trench. I got permission from my neighbors and the, 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 the local council yeah. committee. They were thrilled because <laughs> yeah. every can time... do something with the water. Yeah, yeah, I mean, literally every time a big storm would come, all my neighbors, the water would become so much down the road that it would overflow down their driveways and flood their houses. Wow. That's okay. how much water we had, yeah. Wow. So I opened this thing up and literally took all that water in. But to do that, I had to build a series of berms and ponds and catchment area to slow this immense volume of water down okay. because my house is below there. So downslope from all of this is my house. I don't want it to flood. So it took two years of collecting biomass, okay. putting them, making big piles of it on contour. And then eventually I started digging these uh, these ponds and wells. Oh, so you've actually started with biomass to create the actual contour. Yes, yes. And then you're adding to that with the sand, which is actually being washed down from the road no, as well. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Yes, that is what's happening. But to start it, I first put the uh, biomass to make the berms. Right. And then I used the hard clay that was in between the berms to line those berms and, and then awesome. dig ponds and dig holes in the existing ground so that when the water came in, there was somewhere for the water to go and yeah. fill up. And then because of the shape, so you can see it's a meandering river, right. it's a series of S-bends. And so what happens is the water slows down on every single corner and deposits all the sand. Yeah. And then it's heavily planted with all of this vegetation, so no real sand goes through, but the water goes through. And then it fills up the series of dams as it comes along. So this, this was the first well we built okay. at seven meters deep. And then we used all of that clay, that yeah. rock hard clay, to create this berm that you see behind you. Oh, right. But before we put the clay down, we first there was a giant pile of wood here. So we, underneath all of this is a forest of trees. I had, you know, the, the tree fellas? Yeah. They were dumping at Kaltura and they had to pay. And the culture is just down the road from me. So they were driving past my house on the main road. And I'd see these guys paying to dump the stuff. And culture would turn that into money. Yeah. So I was like, hang on. That's a resource that's just going away from me, just like the water. So I pulled them over and I said, I've got a place for you to dump for free. As long as you don't bring like rubbish, you can dump here for free. And you can tell your mates. So literally within a week, I had a queue of trucks. <laughs> And I had to, I was standing there with flags and I was guiding because I had to get them to create these roads. And literally the roads are the swales. Okay. So where you see these indentations, that's where the trucks were driving originally. Dro dropping off all these piles were organic material, tree fell. And I just piled it up, piled it up, piled it up, piled it up. And I started collecting stable sweepings and um, horse manure from my f all the farms around here and okay. piling it on top of that to help start breaking it down and create this thick, dense... Otherwise, it's too airy, you know, nothing yeah. grows in no. it. But as you can see, you dig into it, it's just literally garden waste. No look, way, it's just, it's just falling apart waste. as well, man. But look at the worms. Oh, look at that. Look at the worms. I mean, like, like there's literally worms. Jeez, the entire yes. garden, everywhere, yeah. everywhere is a giant worm farm. So that's why, like, when people ask me about what's the best method to make a worm farm, yeah. I say, your garden. You know, just throw the rubbish straight in the garden. So that's literally what this whole garden's made out of. It's just literally made out of organic material. And then I use the clay. And then here you go. So because underneath all of that clay, 
yeah. is organic material right. is mycelium, which is the mushroom fungus growing that, everywhere. That's right. So that, that's what you started telling us a little bit about earlier yes. on. So like, you see this? Yeah. This was a patch of giant mushrooms a few days ago, but it's now frotted back. Okay. So these mushrooms, and these are the edible mushrooms, they start growing out of here. Hopefully there'll be one for us to show you and maybe just at least some babies popping up. Yeah. But and and how, how long is the season for, for the mushrooms? Well, it depends on the weather, you know what I mean? That's the funny thing is like now we're having all these heavy rains. Yeah. So then as soon the rains stop and then all of a sudden, like three or four days later, they just start coming oh, out. Okay, so when it's really moist then it's, it's humid, yeah. So but then the amazing part is this ground holds all this moisture. So even when it starts drying out and like it's been dry for like a month, the mushrooms still come out because this still keeps decomposing. Oh, I can feel how spongy how it soft is as well. It is, yeah. yeah. And I mean they, look at this. I mean, there was no, there was no soil here on this property, no. and now everywhere is like this. <laughs> I mean, this is better than most people's compost heaps. Absolutely. You know, and so it's super, super, super fertile. And basically, yeah. this whole thing—you won't believe—when it rains, this whole thing fills up with water. As you can see, this. Yeah. This is actually a sign that the, this thing filled up with water and overflowed. <laughs> so this whole thing was full of water. Yes. Yeah. And it spilt over. And in fact, I can show you another place where it spills over. That's so my next plan, see this thing is a continuously evolving, growing garden. Okay, so that was going to be part of my, my questions that I was going to ask you earlier on. Was, did you actually draw out a plan to the way you wanted, or is it just pretty yes. much uh, developing as you go? It's, so it's a bit of both. It's a combination of two. Okay. Okay, so the original plan is here. Right. I've got a picture, I drew it on a piece of paper okay. of a pond here with a swale and a berm right. and it had one two three four berms okay. so the, the the exact map of it an aerial view yeah. boom it's there it's on that piece of paper okay. but now what happens is as it as it grows it becomes able to grow more and sustain more right. and i mean you can see the pumpkins that and are here they're everywhere and they're everywhere you look here there's more, there's another, there's a big one in there. That's quite a big <laughs> one. Um, but we've been getting watermelons. Here's where you can see the comfrey is doing really well. So here, this is the first trough. Right. And you won't believe this, but it doesn't look very deep. Okay. But where I'm standing now, this was the berm. And there, it was this much below at the beginning of the season. No way. So all of this has been come in. So now what happens is only with a small amount of rain, this fills up. And it starts to spill over. So what I've got to do is now dig this out. Dig all of this out and raise this berm where I'm standing. Make it higher. Wow. So that this thing fills up again. And then eventually this will all just pull. And that will just naturally happen. So it's actually just feeding the next yes. one, feeding the next yes. one. Yes, and that will just naturally happen. I've just got to keep piling it up here. Okay. And as the rains come, it washes. And because this is made out of organic material, it just breaks down. Yeah. Like you'll see, there'll be times you'll step and you'll just sink in a hole yeah. because it's actually breaking down all the time, all the time. And as I'm going to fill it up with, with this river sand and topsoil, okay. it's just going to get more and more fertile and able to hold more and more and more. So are you, are you bringing more green matter into the, no. the garden or is this it now? Now this you're just feeding it from now what I just you feed have. it. Yeah, now I've done the work. Now it's working in the garden. Okay. And, right. it's, and, and it's, a, it's a kind of thing, it's so, what I've learned, which is so cool is, that it's the kind of thing that like it's super super productive if you don't once you've done the hard work and you can leave it okay. it's productive but 
the more you engage with it and the more you interact with it, yeah. you can make it more productive for you. Because right now it's super productive for all sorts of creatures. Porcupines, birds, lizards, everything. I mean, the amount of life that's in this garden is huge. So you're getting a lot of wildlife coming through it. Huge amount. We've got porcupines that are here every night. We've got kingfishers. We've got uh, um, weasels. Um, we've got um, bush babies. No, There's owls. Um, Jeez, uh, the, it's just a oh, huge, huge array of wildlife. We've got egrets and all sorts of birds that come here for the for the frogs. So does this go down to a river at the bottom of your... Yes, there's a river down there. Okay. But it actually, it's working so well... That it's not even reaching... That the it's not reaching the river. It, it, during a big rainstorm, uh, it, it creates springs in, in the gardens further down. Really? For two or three days after a big rain, it'll actually spring out at the bottom of our garden. But then after, after three days later, it kind of stops. Right. But this is only the second season that we've had water coming in here. So I'm hoping oh, that okay. eventually... Oh, so this is quite a recent development. Yeah. And you've only had this... this for two rains. This is the second rain. So it's only had one full rain season. And you'll see the, the pictures on Instagram, but... The, there it literally is full this, of sand. I uh, planted this these plants here in December. No way. No, serious. That that fig tree I only planted in November and it was one stick. And look at it going now. Uh, it had no fruit on it. It's got tons of I've already eaten a, a fig off it. And we planted it in November. No. I, I swear to you. It's like a rainforest. Look man. at this. I mean, <laughs> here, these are the ones that never grew. Okay. So here's the fig that never grew. Okay. That fig was the same as this fig in November. Jeez, whiz, man. <laughs> it's incredible. It is incredible. I yeah. mean, the pumpkins that we've been getting out of here, last season, for example, we only started harvesting pumpkins in like March. Okay. This year, I started harvesting pumpkins on the 12th of December, we got our first pumpkin. 12th so, of December. Yeah, as opposed to March, we started getting pumpkins last year. So this, since the, the, remember we had a drought before that. Yeah, so right. the drought was really harsh on this garden, but it survived. All my fruit, I mean, it, like I said, I do not irrigate at all. I've never, ever had a hose pipe on any of these plants. Oh, you, not, not a thing? Not a drop. Not, I've never, ever, and I don't. is that I since you started doing the garden or you just have, haven't? Since I a, started building this garden, I've never had a hose pipe here ever once. Don't. I mean, even where you just picked it up, yeah. you can see how wet the ground is. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. So I've never irrigated. I've, I, I throw. I don't plant seedlings. I broadcast seed directly into the garden. Okay. And I never irrigate. Never. So you're letting nature really plant itself yeah. within this area. You're not yes. saying I want this to grow in this particular spot. I kind of. I do. Like I was saying to you, the more you get involved in it, the more productive it can be. But also, you've got to learn where to intervene and not. And okay. that's been my thing is learning how to interact with the garden okay. not be too destructive and too disruptive right. because every time i break the surface of the soil it dries out yeah. every time i harvest some leaves from a plant it exposes sun down to clay that wasn't getting okay. sun before so i've learned to leave it more than you think okay, right. when you want to intervene and you want to do something it actually normally ends up being to the detriment of the garden interesting man. And sometimes when you think that it's looking wild and overgrown and you think, oh, those are dying underneath there, you come back two weeks later and those pepper dews 
But I mean, like, for example, underneath here, yeah. no sun. I thought the pepper juice are being smothered by the gooseberries and <laughs> the and this wild horned uh, cucumber yeah. uh, and the pumpkin. And I thought they literally, the pepper juice were being crushed. And I thought, oh, well, I'm just going to leave it and see what happens. Come back two weeks later, the pepper juice are pushed right through that. And they've got, they're dripping in fruit. The fr I've never seen pepper juice this big <laughs> in my life. And literally last year I would have thrown it away and like, and I mean like, less. it's got some um, disease on it, yeah. but it's this white aphid, it's this white fluffy aphid, right. and that's because it's in the shade. Okay. The ones that are not in the, in the shade, but it doesn't matter that it's got this aphid on it in my opinion, because first of all, the aphid's coming to the pepper juice. You can see the size of it, I mean that's a uh -huh. huge pepper juice. Um, and, and when you wash it off, you actually see that it's caused no damage to the fruit. So it's just sitting on the outside. So it's really. sitting on the outside and you eat it. I mean, I'll show you. They are quite hot, these red ones, but there's not no okay. damage. No, not even a, a bit. So it's got a little bit of an aphid on the outside, but they're delicious, juicy. There's no... Mm. Wow, man. Mm. But they are hot, these ones. When you let them go red on the bush, Wow! <laughs> they become hot. I've become um, more and more used to the chili slowly, but these pepper juice are too hot, eh? <laughs> and, and where did you get them from? How, how did you start putting the with the pepper juice? Seeds. I just, so you just, just broadcast seed, eh? You just put it in and this is where they took underneath yeah. this tree. Basically what happened is I saw a few pepper juice coming up here. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, I want pepper juice to grow. So. It was actually two. There were two pepper juice bushes growing here. And then what I was doing is I had my chickens originally here. There was a coop and everything. And I was clean out the chicken coop and just throw, throw it underneath my pepper juice so that nothing else grew, you know, so that it mulched. Right. So I was mulching and mulching and mulching. And then winter came and I thought, oh, the pepper juice are going to die because it's winter and yeah. it's going to frost over. And they died back a bit. And the next season, as the mulch started to frot, all these pepper juice came up. I guess the tree's also protecting it from the frost too. Mm -hmm. so the tree it's big time. There. And that's the other thing is, you see, I was so tempted to under prune this tree so that yeah. it became this big canopy. Right. But then I started to think, hang on, I'm just going to let this go and leave it for a while and see what happens. And what's cr happened is this microclimate has happened. Absolutely. It's moist in here. Sun, even though you think... These are full sun plants. They look like they're struggling a bit. You know, yeah. we would say, oh, that's yeah. got a disease on it. Absolutely. But yeah. the point of it is to yeah. produce this fruit. And look, okay. it's covered in an aphid. Yeah. You wipe it off and it's open it up. I mean, there's no damage to the fruit. It tastes delicious. That is incredible, like, man. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. You say it's got disease, but, and that is, and only the ones in the shade get this on it. The ones in the full sun don't, but we'll go compare the size, I'm going to keep this with us so we yeah, can yeah. compare the size of these ones cool. as opposed to those ones down there. Those are grown in ideal conditions, okay? But it's also really close to your, your pond. To the pond, got, yeah. yeah. So this is the second one from the road, is that right? So you've yeah. got the first one down there, the first, second one's here. Yeah, this one is more of a, a reservoir. The first one's yeah. a well. Right. So that one fills up, it does fill up from spillover, yeah. but it actually fills up from groundwater seepage, that one, the first right. one. And then this one fills up directly from runoff. And this is a big catchment. So it's huge. There's, yeah. there's 80,000 liters in here. Wow. Roughly, I've worked out 80,000 because it's deep. Where 
It's not 80,000 liters now. No, 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 no. no, no. When it's if full. it's full, it's 80,000. I can see the tadpoles as well. Yeah, the yeah. tad. You must, and you won't believe this whole thing goes black with tadpoles. <laughs> so this whole thing, like I was showing you, when this thing fills up, then it back fills, fills that one up over the top. Right. And then once that one's full, it then comes up here and then fills over down this. Okay. This gully here fills up. There's, this is actually another um, well. I mean, another dam. Okay. But when, when, when you look at a dam, normally you see a big open body of water. But this is an underground dam. Oh, so right. this is okay. crusher stone and river sand that's washed in. Yeah. And all the stone and all the stuff that's washed in, I've thrown it in a big hole here. So when the water comes in, it fills this oh, up. Oh, okay. And it yes, seeps I know what in. You're talking about. Yep. So if you dig in here, you're going to actually dig up, you're going to dig into something that looks like that. Yeah. So it's an underground Okay, so it's dam. actually protected from, from, from the sun evaporation and, the, uh, and everything. But and then you've covered it as well with, yes, with plants. Yes, with plants. And the plants are keeping all that moisture yes. under the ground as well. And right now, this section here, you can see it's completely wild. Yep. I've let the self-seed and self-go wild. And what happens here is it's interplanted with vetiver grass. Okay. And any competition plant that wants to grow. Right now, there's blackjacks and um, a little bit of amaranth and this uh, horned cucumber okay. that's really doing well. And what happens is when this starts to get really thick, I can slash this back and use this as green manure. So then you'll see on these berms, I'll select a patch where I want to plant something like comfrey. All right. I'll chop a whole bunch of this there, throw it in a pile where I'm going to plant my comfrey. And a week later, I'll go to that spot. Okay. And all this green manure has released all that nitrogen and rotted a section and created this massive vermi casting pile and then oh, i'll just plant my seedlings right. straight okay. into there or broadcast some seeds on top of it so you're not particularly worried that there's weeds or there's weed seeds no that's I, all going to go into no excellent there's that's no so weeds. good to hear actually there's no weeds these these are weeds in most people's opinion but uh -huh. look i mean look at that i pick one there's yeah. a, a lady a ladybird, ladybird. Yeah. i mean there's no weeds these are also pest repellents um okay most pests, this is like khaki boss, has um, a very strong smell, you know, yeah. and that smell is like an insect repellent. They don't like this. That's like why they, you know, dandelions. Yes. That's a. This is a. This is a dandelion. Is it? I mean, not a dandelion. Um, what do we? What do you call? What are they called? Um, uh, I forget the names right now. The the red um, flowers that everyone plants in their gardens for the um, pests. Um, I'm not sure of the. I'll think of the yeah, name. Yeah, come right back now. to us in a second. Yeah, yeah. but um, this is literally the same family as that, and it's performing the same job, but it's really hardy and it grows two meters tall here. So I, the, to me, there's no weeds. To me, there's no weeds. I like the idea as well that you're clearing a patch by using the greenery from one area. Yes. You're letting that pretty much mulch down, and then that's forming your basis for whatever you want to grow next. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and uh, and using heavy mulches. How deep, how deep is it that you, you put him up the, the mulch down then? In different areas it's different. I mean some areas on these berms the mulch is like two meters deep. And that's oh, okay. literally uh, passive water harvesting berms. Absolutely. So they're like giant sponges. It's also um, space for the roots of all these trees to grow into. So like there's actually a, just below this berm is a row of fruit trees. So it's... Um, starts off with peaches then plums then apples then pears 
and then below that is all the citrus trees. And those I've never irrigated, ever, ever, ever. And I planted them as tiny little strikings, you know, they were, they were cuttings. And literally all in a year, I mean, those have grown in a year, these peach trees. No, and look at the size of them. They're, they're, they're <laughs> two, two and a half meters tall, three meters tall. Um, and they don't get irrigated ever. And I even got fruit off these first ones this year. Really? And they were planted last year, July. Mm. And that's because their roots are growing into these berms. That's what I was going so to say. So it's a so giant water pile of mulch. And so when you were asking me how thick do I mulch, here I mulch two meters. Okay. <laughs> so I've got these berms of giant mulch. Uh, and then in between, yeah. I have mulched um, several times where the felt grass has grown. Okay. To control the felt grass because it takes over. Instead of cutting it, right. I let it grow. And when it gets really long, I just walk over it and then throw thatch, dry thatch on top of that. And it goes muribund, I think that's the term, that's something I've heard, like, it actually dies, it like, um, it, it phases out, so like succession, I don't know if you are um, familiar with yeah. succession, so like, so the grass, once the amount of carbon content is, is very high, the grass doesn't want to grow, the grass doesn't grow in a forest where no, there's no. lots of carbon, and so by letting the grass grow really tall and then adding more dry grass on top of it, it doesn't really grow back. And when it does, it's so flimsy and soft, you can just pull it out with your fingers. And, and that's mm. growing into Oaklip, where it was, you, you mean, usually you can't pull this grass out with both hands, <laughs> back-breaking work, you try to pull it, it doesn't come out. But now, you can literally use your pinky finger and just, it comes out like, no, like nothing. This is really a forest, isn't it? Yeah, it's becoming a forest. It had, it wasn't a forest when, when we, when, when I started. And I, yeah. I, just even looking, if, if I just keep my eyes fixed for one point on one flower, the amount of bees which are just moving yeah. in and amongst all the, the little flowers is, it, it looks like the whole thing's alive. <laughs> it really does. Eh? It really does. And it's the same above the ground and below the ground in the water. You can't look at the water without you seeing life. You can't uh -huh. dig in the soil without finding worms. It, it really is alive, this garden. Wow. And I mean, and what, what's incredible <laughs> is, I mean, I've been working in this garden. I, don't, I work barefoot. Okay. I don't put shoes on. I've never I've been stung once by a bee. Okay. I have been stung once by a bee. But what's incredible is, like, it, it, almost as if it, like, it reacts to you. You know what I mean? The bees know where, where I'm working and what, what I'm doing. And, and I think they'll sting me if, if I'm doing the wrong thing. <laughs> like, the, the one time I have been stung was when I started slashing back this big bunch of um, overgrown uh, canners okay. that in, in, as the water comes in at the entrance. Uh, it's basically my sand trap. So I was hacking it back and the bees came and one stung me on the neck and I ran away. And so I stopped cutting back the canners and just left it all this big mess. And what I realized was I wasn't supposed to cut back the canners. And because when the next storm came, the canners started growing through the new river sand that had been deposited. So it was actually raising the berm by itself. I didn't have to dig because my next step was cut back the canners, dig the sand and throw it up. And actually the canners were doing that all by themselves. The river, it was stopping the river sand. River sand was building up. The canners were just growing through deeper. So, because that's what I'm trying so to do. they're holding all that, that, yeah, that, that soil. That topsoil which has been washed down. Yes. The canners are then holding that soil. Making but not a only thicker that, soil profile. With it they're, growing, they're growing the soil profile. Jeez, and that's what I'm trying yeah. to do here. Because when I started, there was no soil profile. It was oaklip, rock hard oaklip. You couldn't pick into it. I mean, literally a pick. 
four hours to dig a little trench no. over here, me and my mate. Now you can use a spade without a pick Just, anywhere and dig trenches. But I mean, we dug this pond in like a few weeks uh, once we started letting the water in because the water changed everything. Of course. Creating these places where the water is forced to soak into the ground changes the, the... And because you've got a lot of trees over, over uh, covering over the garden, you're also not let, letting a lot of it evaporate yes, too. So. Yes, yes. That's actually very, yeah, it's interesting yeah. the way you've got that all set up. Yeah. And then you've got the, the nice wee S's yes, where the water's the meandering. So it's slow, the whole thing is about slowing water down. Yeah. And then putting a lot of organic material in to make it stay there for as long as possible. So actually the, the organic material, even though I can see some water, the majority of the water is actually in the ground. In the ground, it's sitting yeah. There. You can't see, no. you can see a, maybe 1% of the water in this pond. Yeah, you can maybe see one percent. I don't. I think probably even less. I'll have to take. Remember to take a photo when I leave out of here, just yes. to show the incline with the amount of water that you must be getting yeah. off of here. And I mean, also just show a picture of the neighbors' gardens and the surrounding yeah. environments. It's it's really harsh conditions yeah, here. I mean, when I started this project, the felt grass did not grow here. Jeez. Oh. Yeah. No, th that felt looks ten times better than what this place looked like really yeah because there was a quad bike track around here okay so there were quad bikes just racing compacting 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 hard. and then every time it rained it's just washed all washed because it's quite a quite an incline you got quite a steep slope here yeah and there was no ridges you got to understand like you're looking at this now and it goes like this this didn't look like this at all this was completely flat so how big is this area that we're looking at here right it's a quarter of a hectare quarter of a hectare yeah and you're getting quite a bit of food out of this. Yeah, me, my mum, uh, my tenant, uh, Connie, my mum's like assistant. Uh, there's probably like six people that eat out of here daily. Jeez, uh. Well, like, look, we probably, for me, I, I probably eat 90% of my food out of here. Like, obviously, but I do, I don't eat everything. So, like, oh, no. I, I don't eat much. Like, I, I try to eat out of my garden as much as possible. It's kind of my, like, that, focus. So that's, that's your focus. That's what my you're trying focus. to go for. Yeah, this is my focus. Okay. But I still do buy food. My mum probably eats eighty percent out of the garden. Okay. Like she's she'll. That's still, she, that's still high though. I mean, yeah. you're not going down to the supermarket to go and buy, or the no. market to go and buy. No. Um, fresh fruit and veggies. No. Literally coming out into the garden. Literally get on a daily in. basis, we're eating spinach, we're eating pumpkin, we're eating cucumbers, tomatoes, onions, all the herbs. I mean, we don't buy any herbs. I've got all the teas. We've got. Sure, I mean, uh, literally during this, especially during summer with mushrooms now, we've got mushrooms, harvesting mushrooms pretty much every day. It, it goes through waves where maybe for five days we won't have mushrooms. Right. And then all yeah. of a sudden and then, and then it's mushrooms. I mean, I give, I give my tenant a tray of mushrooms. Everyone that comes in here, I'm like, please take some mushrooms. Um, so you, you, to get this straight in my head, though, you're not doing this to sell. You're doing this no. for yourself, yes. for you and your family to eat. Yes, yes. That's yes. cool, I, I, so you mean the garden really work for I've you? Just I can't wrap my head around the selling part of it all. Like to me, it's all just food and it just grows. I mean, I can't sell it. I don't know why. I'm just really bad at it. Okay. My mind just doesn't want to do that. I don't know. But would you? I like. You know, I, I'm encouraged to sell it, and I should obviously start selling it and making a living out of it. Okay. But what what do you do as a job then? I do landscaping. Okay, so you're into mm. plants and gardens yeah. already. That's yeah. where your kind of passion for the greenery yeah. comes in. Yeah. And now, if I think, I used to be a landscape gardener myself, mm. so mm. I know a little bit about about gardens and laying them out. If I look at this, mm. 
my landscape garden and nature is looking at this kind of a little bit whoa whoa they're, people they're, aren't going to buy into this uh, well not so much they're going to buy into it but um, they don't want it in their garden where, where would i see what i'm buying where, where would i see what i'm even eating would i be eating the right thing am i going to kill myself taking the wrong thing yeah i don't know um, you know this is my personal journey so for absolutely. me for me i love going and rummaging through my garden and eating while i'm gardening like that's what for me that's the best thing i could possibly do uh, like while we've had this interview i've been eating i know you know like that's that for me is like i'm winning that's my goal you know um so not for everybody i'm not trying to convince other people that no. they need to do this i think it's great i think if other people like this then i think it would be great i think it would be great for our environment and our you know our city if people could start thinking a little bit more like this maybe not all the way that i am maybe i'm a bit excessive with well it. no because i i just recently wrote an article on mm. a similar idea of turning a garden mm. not into a full-scale uh food forest, forest that you've got yeah. but more okay i like my lawn mm -hmm. fine keep the lawn mm -hmm. um, but in your beds why not plant the odd cabbage or yes. the odd carrots yes and uh, just fit, fit them in they're yes. colorful yes there's and, no different and people I mean. are definitely doing that and yeah. i think that's becoming more popular and i think that's like that was sort of the first step into yeah. this but for me like i was just like i'm one of those all in or nothing kind okay. of people okay. so okay. i just started off i built a tiny little spiral garden because i was introduced to uh, passive storm water contouring okay. by a guy called Jamie Shepherd. Went on a weekend workshop. It was amazing. We built a garden the size of our roof. Oh, so basically the concept behind that is if you want to increase the fertility and abundance of a space, okay. the ingredients for that are like water and nutrients, etc, etc, etc. So if you build a garden the size of your roof, you've effectively doubled the annual rainfall for that garden. Because if you put all that roof water into that garden, you literally have effectively doubled the annual rainfall for that space. So the idea was to build a spiral garden so you maximize edge area and you throw all your kitchen scraps into the spiral garden. Okay. And you divert all your roof runoff or whatever runoff you can into that garden. And the idea was that the runoff area had to be at least equal to or bigger than your garden. So I did that on a small scale and the results were incredible. The photos are I'll show you are uh, just mind-boggling. I built this tiny little spiral garden the size of my like one-bedroom cottage okay. and did that through all my kitchen scraps in and I ordered seeds from Bountiful Gardens and like all beautiful stuff from all over the world. I was so excited. Did was my first veggie garden, you know, I always made normal gardens before that or ornamental gardens. And built this veggie garden it exploded with life there was like sunflowers and watermelons and pumpkins and amaranth and just cleomies and it was just beautiful and so i loved it so much and i realized that just above that garden i had the potential for so much more because we've got these roads and the roads were a disaster with all this water running down it and it was causing problems in our community and i thought let me just you know, go into this and the more I got involved in building this the more I wanted to be more involved in just this and get in touch with my garden and it just has been my biggest teacher really it's like I've been learning from it more than any research I've ever done building this garden was more informative more educational more rewarding and more spiritual I guess because I, I, I bet you must be taking a lot of the principles that you're learning here by even by the way the plants are growing beside other plants mm -hmm. to Absolutely. take that into your own landscaping business definitely, as well to say definitely. well this grows together with that you should put these together what's incredible is the 
this has had a massive impact on my landscaping. I mean, my landscaping design now, if I look at a garden, I always think of the flow of the waters first. That's okay. the first thing I do when I look at a garden. Instead of the shape or the aesthetics, I look at the flow of the water. Right. And okay. then I try to wrap around how I can get it aesthetic or aesthetically to pleasing to my client water. with the flow of the water. Okay. So because the water has something that's way more powerful than our ideas. Okay. You know, water is a powerful force. Of course. And we can bend it to our will, sure, but it is not easy. So the way to do it for me is to like look at where the water wants to go and what does the water want to do and then work with that. And okay. when you start working with the elements around you, it, the results are powerful and, and very rapid. That's the that's very the rapid, though, right? yeah, it, very rapid results. Uh, build, building soils. I mean, you saw that first boom. Yeah. I, I had this experience when when I started doing this. Is uh, down there that that spiral garden that I mentioned, the first garden I built. Yeah. We built a berm that goes along the top, and all the river sand that was on this field was going into my garden at that time. Okay. And I was having this massive buildup of river sand at my front door every time it rained. Okay. And we built this thing, and that's when I learned about this implosion point concept. So basically, we made this berm, and it made all the river sand and all the nutrients and all the sediment that was coming stop along that fence. And all of a sudden, that fence that used to be 1.8 meters high, now it's only 1.5 meters high because the soil built oh, all the yeah. way up. But the fertility explosion, so literally, I put so much effort into the garden below that. Okay. And then just the berm, just this retainer wall that just happened to be created, the results of that were so much more beneficial than this massive weekend of hard work that six people had done collecting all this organic material okay. and placing it so carefully and like measured it out with a, um, um, a A-frame. Yeah. We got the levels all right and we spent hours raking, getting it perfect. And then the thing right next to it that actually just happened to be more perfectly designed naturally yeah. was way more productive, a hundred times more effective, and the results just were explosive. So, like, it just made me realize that, you know, we have our ideas, and we think we're so clever, and we, 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 we look at and we've had all these experiences that lead us to have all this knowledge, but there's so much more that's just beyond that, Enough. and the nature wants to show us, and... So that's what, for me, this thing has been, is learning about how we're supposed to engage with nature. Yeah. Because that, for me, is the biggest thing that we've lost. So you're actually, you're actually working with it. So you're looking at where nature yes. would naturally be, and then saying, do you know what? Okay, let's, well, let's work with that, and let's just yeah, channel it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it is, but it's also taking a, a place that I was forced to be. I mean, this place didn't, didn't want to be a veggie garden at all when I was first here. It did not want to be a veggie garden. I didn't want to be anything except for a dust bowl, you know. I had to, like, sort of will it into even, being. Even now, trying to even think that this was completely dust yeah. is, is hard to even put in my head. <laughs> There's just so much green. When you won't believe it, literally two years ago, every time a car arrived and drove down our driveway, we'd go, oh, the dust, and we'd, like, close the windows and curtains. That was the biggest thing in this, pro in this house, in our house, when we first moved here, was the dust. We hated it. Every, in, in fact, at five o'clock, because everyone would be driving home, okay, yes, the dust bowl the would just come up. And we'd have to close the windows and curtains at five o'clock because we knew the dust was coming. And now, even though the dust ball is around us, these trees and this lush, it, it, literally you sit on our stoop and you watch the dust go over us. Because it's create All these trees that you see here were tiny. You cannot believe this. Oh, these right. acacias 
these two acacias before I started this project weren't even as high as this cottage you see oh, this cottage okay so this has even come on you won't believe it the, these acacias were level with this top of this wall no man and they've just exploded they've ex literally exploded this tree that you see here that's looking fairly healthy now yeah. was had about three leaves on it it had three it was dying it was you know one of those scraggly sad bush felt yeah. dead trees that you <laughs> see that's what that looked like this was <laughs> a ground shrub so was this. This was a ball on the ground. And the seed that is that is on these, these it's trees dripping. is dripping. And it the is. flowers. You cannot believe this thing flowers continuously. I mean it's just going to seed now. Yeah. Literally you can see the new flowers already coming. It doesn't stop flowering the whole season. And I mean it's never used to be like that at all. And it would flower for like a week or month, you know. So you put the work in at the start. Mm-hmm. All the greens coming up. You're yeah. definitely cutting some and making patches for some plants that you want to be putting in or seeding yes. or yes. however you want to go. But the general work level now? No, very little now. Now it's mostly enjoyment. Uh, <laughs> every now and then I put in like like I've got to clean out the sand trap every now and yeah, then. Okay. That has to happen, like at least once a month right. or, or or at least twice a season, should I say? Like okay. it, it, especially now we've been having a lot of rain. So that that's something that's ongoing that needs to happen. And I mean. Okay. Eventually, I could build this thing big enough so that it wouldn't need that, you know. And I'm and I'm also predicting that as this garden develops, so is all my surroundings. There's going to be less and less soil coming in. I mean, in ten years' time, I think there'll be houses on this field. Of course. I don't think there'll be a big field of sand washing in here anymore. No. So eventually, you won't be having the issue of the sand coming in here. But at the moment, that is it's it's a blessing as well as a, 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 my only source of labor that I have to do. Other than that, I just come and pick and harvest. So it's, just, it's, it's low maintenance then? Once Super it's, low once it's set up, it's low maintenance. Yeah, and look, I built this by hand. You didn't have, I didn't have to build this by hand. I could have had you know, TLBs and things yeah. like that. And I could have built it in a much shorter time frame. But okay. I built this by hand and I built it in my spare time with one, one man. You just, so you're doing it was me it. and one man. And it yeah. took us... It, it's so four it's years evenings that kind of idea yeah like yeah if i had a day off i'd come okay. and chill and do this if i felt like it you know if i was too tired that day then i wouldn't so it wasn't a full-time thing it was in my spare time it was me and i had a guy that would come in and help me every now and then but it was pretty much two man so you've given us a first point the first point of there is make sure you know where the water's going yes where it's coming from and where it's going and to. then start trying to collect slow it down Slow it down, Absolutely. let it absorb into the ground. And using curved lines okay. is the most effective way of working with water. And then you came you know, with like a mulch after you know, Yeah, 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 absolutely. Literally, yeah, Bruce yeah. Lee says, be like water, move like water, flow like water. And and, and, and literally, the, the, the key, and, and it is all circular movements, just like in Kung Fu and Tai Chi. Um, when you do these long curved meanders, these waves, circular motions, all spirals and circles, okay. that's, that's what, what nature works with. The Fibonacci sequence is nature's golden pattern. And yeah, I've heard this before. And yeah, it really good. applies to water. Right. And okay. it really applies to the garden. I mean, all plants grow yeah. using the Fibonacci sequence. Cells divide at that rate. I mean, it's incredible. And it works on the macro as well as the micro. I suppose you could, in theory, scale that up if you've got, Big time. Uh, you know, a, a good runoff of water. Well, I have. Um, not I've for built you. A giant. Oh, you've done somewhere else. Of this yeah. in Lanseria, right next door to Lanseria Airport. Right. So we're capturing 
a huge airport. I mean, not a, not the whole airport's run off, but yeah. a huge portion of these hangars where they've got all yeah, the, yeah, the planes. Yeah. The, well, that all just runs into this felt, and my mate's friend has to have his own it, and he saw what I was doing here, and he said, can you build me a giant spiral garden? So we built him a giant spiral garden. It's like almost a thousand square meter spiral garden. And it's built wow. on the same principles as this. So you also had green uh, mulch brought in. Yeah. Oh, green had... matter brought in, first of all, and then that's mulching down. But you, So you created the spiral first, and then you start building it up. Yeah, we dug a giant tr spiral trench. Yeah. The, the, the spiral trench is, well, it's, it's almost 800 square meters, so it's a long trench. Uh, I can't remember how many meters long it actually yeah. is. But it's really, really long. I think it's like 300 meters long if you stretched it out. Okay. And it starts off at two meters wide. And two meters deep and it gets down to half a meter wide and a meter deep and that spirals in and that we filled amazing. that whole trench with organic material right and then the soil that we dug out of that trench we made a huge berm okay so it looks like a giant circle okay. with a big trench in the middle then we filled that up and then we put the soil back on top of it and so now what's happened over time is that all that organic material has, so has sunk. sunken down and the spirals emerged out so yeah that's quite it was that quite is a, cool yeah it was a cool project so it's actually an evolving garden yeah, you look yeah. at it and it's changing right in front yeah. of your eyes yeah since then <laughs> it's been um, my friend who um got me the job to 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 do the garden he's now taken it over and he's doing a whole food project there and he's growing food there for cool, community man. projects and stuff and it's really awesome yeah that is really cool yeah yeah that is really that was a great great success story that one and your face is alive. I, I say this to a lot of people when I'm, I'm meeting them. When they start talking about something that's passionate, their face begins yeah. to live, their eyes light up. Yeah. And you're no different, yeah. man. Absolutely no <laughs> different. I mean, actually just talking about it, you can see, but, oh, this is so good. You can do this. You can do that. You, you're already jumping to it. Yeah. Everyone that comes here tells me that, like, you know, my, they, they're really inspired by my passion. Because well, obviously good. very excited. Yeah. I, I am. This is my passion. It definitely is my passion. And it's quite funny because I've done all sorts of different things in my life, you know, managed restaurants and been in construction and all these different things and none of them really worked for me i always ended up working for about a year in that job and then leaving right. suddenly like when i finally got the guts to quit i'd quit suddenly you know and i tried all these different things and then um one day i went on a weekend permaculture workshop and i ended up getting on with the instructor that i was running a course really well and he's like one of these people that has, doesn't have really great people skills. Okay. And the people that were on his course were asking him a million questions. They were like, you know, they were interested, you know. But he just didn't have the patience to deal with them. Because they were asking kind of the same questions over and oh, over right. again. In different ways. Yeah, yeah, because I had the answers to their questions. So I ended up like sort of helping him <laughs> and like answering their questions for him. And we ended up having like getting on really well. And that was the, me blossoming into this whole new career. And as soon as I, f like, sort of found this, I just had this new drive for life and a new passion for life, which was really um, awesome because I, I didn't have that at all before. You know, I was really, like, morbid and didn't know what I wanted to do with myself. Right. And when I started doing this, you know, uh, I used to be quite a city slicker. I used to be, like, you know, go to clubs and party scene and you know, have gelled hair and all this <laughs> stuff. And I like had a metamorphosis, you know, like it just... A He's standing here in a suit, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah totally. So, I mean, you could probably never picture me in a suit. Like, that's like, which, uh, 
which you could probably convey there. But basically, yeah, I had a complete metamorphosis. I um, found this excitement and this passion, this drive that made me so motivated that I was willing to go collect horse manure, dig in horse manure, okay. and bring that back to my property to build this garden, you know, dig in the mud, get dirty, and actually start really loving that. And I mean, as you can see, like, I love getting dirty. And I mean, I'm super healthy, super fit. So I canceled my gym contract about eight years ago when I started doing this. I've never been stronger. You don't need, you don't need it. Yeah. Not when you're in and out the garden. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, not when you're oh. fetching horse manure and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. So it's the best. This is the best thing that's really happened to me, yeah. So this is garden. good for your health, good, good for, for your soul. mind, yeah. yeah, good for your soul. Yeah. Everything's just working. Plus your neighbors are really excited they're not being washed away anymore. Yeah, and, yeah. Good, um, for your, good for your groceries bill as well. But the wildlife as well, it just is, is super too, man. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely thank amazing. You. Thank you. Oh. I've got some more people arriving okay. now. All right, that's fine. Um, thank you so much for, for chatting to me. So I, I thank you for coming. Listen, just, to, just to round this up. Yes, yes, um, yes. If I, if people wanted to get in touch with you, yes. how would we do that? Oh, I guess um, I've got a Facebook page. Cool, that's fine. That's probably the easiest, and it's the Edge Effect. Edge Effect. The Edge Effect. Perfect. But then my name's Ash Lurie. Okay. You can also find me on Facebook, Perfect. Ash Lurie. And if you search for the Edge Effect, on, you should find me. Excellent. I don't think there's too many Ash Lurie's on Facebook. <laughs> all right, I'll put all those in the show notes, so they'll all be at the bottom, so I know we can get you. And if somebody wants to ask you a question about your garden or where you're going, We'll go from there. Awesome. Thank Ash, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're busy. You've got lots of people turning up and, and yeah. wanting to talk to you. But <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank giving you so much. Minutes. It's so nice to have people that are interested in what oh, I'm no, doing. Oh, absolutely. Awesome. All the best, man. Cheers. Eh? Thank you thank so you. much. Awesome. Thank you, Ash. My pleasure. Yeah. Really is my pleasure. Well, that's it for now. Thanks to Ash and his mom, Aidy, for allowing me to look around their garden and talk about permaculture and what it has done for them and their lifestyle. It was absolutely fantastic. The grounds were humid then it was just so luscious green. If you look out the other side of the fence and you're more than welcome to look on the Instagram feed of the photos that I'll upload, you'll see that the ground is dry and it's pretty barren just with grass. And here inside this little environment is a tropical uh, sphere of permaculture at its best. You can find out more by visiting marketnosh.com and you can also find me on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Just follow the same at sign for at Mark Nosh to follow where I'm going. And if you have the time, please also like something. It helps raise the profile of the show. If you like it on iTunes or you like it on SoundCloud, it really will help the show. If you want to be part of a weekly newsletter, then you can sign up at marketnosh.com and get your free social media guide to getting a web presence too. If you're a trader and you want to be part of the Market Nosh Costas Facebook group, Please join and share your knowledge, ask a question, and let's form a community of traders that can share along together. If you've missed anything, you can find all the information in the show notes below. Should you want to get in touch with me by email, you can get me at maurice at marketnosh.com. I answer all my own email and would be happy to hear from you, your thoughts, your questions, and even some suggestions for the podcast. That would be fantastic. Thanks to Ben Sound for allowing me to use his music for the show. And from the Market Nosh Show, cheers everyone.